Welcome. Chapter 1. Who is worth it? Now, we've talked about what worth is about in previous shows. We've had a lively group discussion with a variety of people from around the country. We've had a vocabulary list that helps you get kind of the Cliff Notes version of what Pay Me What I'm Worth is all about. On this show, we're going to really dive into who is worth it. Now, by exploring three questions, we're going to find out who is worth it. We're going to first explore how do material possessions reflect worth? Our next question is how do material possessions help or hurt our desire to be paid what we're worth? And the third question we're going to look at is how do material possessions help or hurt others to receive what they're worth? We're going to look at both sides of the coin there. To help frame this discussion, I'm going to start off with a quote. It's the same quote that starts off chapter one by a novelist and scientist and philosopher, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, who lived from 1749 to 1832. And this quote is, Treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you help them to become what they're capable of being. Let me repeat that. Treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you help them become what they're capable of being. (laughs) Now, I selected that quote to start off the first chapter of Pay Me What I'm Worth because it seems we're all too often treating each other in ways and manners that reflect what they own on a material sense. And it really does make sense in many ways. I mean, what we see, we can judge. Our judgments often dictate our feelings towards someone or something. One way we demonstrate what we're worth to others is our possessions. People see and judge what we own. Now, what I wonder is, do our possessions reflect what we want to be or what we are right now? Case in point, there are many people out there who have a beautiful home, but they're never in it because they're always working to pay for the mortgage and all the fine things in it. So with that thought in mind, we're ready to explore the first question, who is worth it? And that question is, how do material possessions reflect what we're worth? Now, to wrap our minds around this question, I invite you to do a little treasure hunt in chapter one. (laughs) Time to go out there and look at all of your treasures, dig them up. I've designed this treasure hunt in a fashion that you'll be able to feel more than think about what your possessions mean to you. Now, once again, that's important. I'm going to get you in touch with how you feel about what you have, more so than what you think about what you have. (laughs) As my clients have discovered over the years in my private practice known as soul dancing, feelings are simply more powerful than thoughts. Plain and simple. Here's a secret. Listen up. Change a feeling and you change your world. P. 
period. You've heard this before. This is not new. Change a feeling and you change your world. Feelings come from your core beliefs buried deep inside you. Those beliefs are hard to see in daily life. Your material positions are seen readily every day. Just how you see them is what we're after in Chapter 1. How do you feel about what you physically own? Chapter 1's Treasure Hunt, my hope is that you become more intimately aware of how your material possessions reflect but a small part of your overall worth. As you complete this detailed step-by-step exercise in Chapter 1, you're going to find your sense of self-esteem just glowing and growing brighter, no matter what you have or don't have. The results of your treasure hunt exercise will help you explore our next question. Question number two, how do material possessions help or hurt your desire to be paid what you're worth. Let's look at this question. How do material possessions help or hurt your desire to be paid what you're worth in a different way? For example, do you cherish something so much that you'd risk something else? Something like your health or maybe a loved one, a friendship, your job. Would you risk your reputation. A more concrete example might look something like this. Have you ever known someone who has purchased an expensive item like a home or a car or some other pricey thing that's clearly way outside their budget? (laughs) Often people purchase expensive items because it's an incentive to become who they believe they will be one day. This purchase drives them to work overtime. It inspires them to neglect their health because they just don't have time to take care of themselves. They neglect relationships because after all, those payments must be made because those pricey things are who I am and so on. How many hours of overtime have you put in to pay for something? And those hours of overtime came at the cost of not spending time with people you love dearly. Do you know anybody like this? (laughs) If you do, then you know someone where their material possessions hurt their desire to be paid what they're worth. Huh? What? How is that true? Simple, simple, simple. It's called greed. Their budgets demand them to earn more so they can pay for what they believe they're worth. Greed never seems to enjoy the feeling of enough. What does enough mean to you? Greed has a way of stealing our time, mortgaging our time. When you go out and put something on your credit card, you're mortgaging your time. Are you aware of that? Now, we could spend weeks discussing this question. Uh, Let's just be aware of the fact that what you spend reflects on how you feel your worth is today. And if you put it on credit, (laughs) it reflects tomorrow as well. Now let's turn our attention to how material possessions help us get paid what are worth. In this case, it's relatively simple. Now think gratitude. Gratitude. 
How might you engage what you already have, something that's free and clear of any obligation, to help you savor worth in more ways than a penny, a pound, or a peso? Gratitude sheds light on what enough feels like each and every time you light the candle of gratitude. An example might include a spare bedroom in your home or a home of someone you know who is never at home that largely goes unused. Could you offer this bedroom at a very inexpensive cost to someone in need of temporary low-cost housing? Read Chapter 8 of Pay Me What I'm Worth to discover how you can do this with ease and grace without any fear. The materials in Chapter 8 will help you create a clear, mutually agreeable living space with ways to ethically give and receive material worth. Another example would include volunteering your free time to someone or some organization to help them out in ways that's mutually beneficial. More often than not, volunteering is one of the best ways to learn more about yourself and your skills, or maybe those skills you need to learn in short order. Now, switching topics, time for our final question. How do material possessions help or hurt your desire to pay others what they're worth? This question ties directly into our opening quote. And as a reminder, that quote is, treat people as if they were what they ought to be, and you help them become what they're capable of being. Once again, the question might take us days to fully uh, to explore. Now, just kind of consider this question. How do material possessions help or hurt your desire to pay others what they're worth? Each and every time you purchase something for yourself. Simply put, material things may offer a temporary sense of joy. Non-material things have the potential to offer joy for a lifetime and possibly more to just one person. So here's an example. Who do you love and know that a few extra well-timed dollars would instantly dissolve mountains of stress? All that stress would just dissolve away by your simple act of writing a check. <laughs> Each time you contemplate a luxury purchase... Kindly remember, your luxury may provide the basic necessities for another loved one. As you discover how to use existing material possessions to benefit you more than just yourself, <laughs> you discover how your material possessions will pay you what you're worth a hundredfold because what you share with others comes back to you many times over. So, for example, you're considering a new car or home because you feel like you're in a rut. Besides, you're worth it, right? You work hard, you deserve it. You also become aware of a family member or a friend who recently hit a bad streak of luck. You know they're just scraping by. You fear that if you help them out, you might, they might become dependent upon you. You might fear being trapped in helping them out. Your, your fear just dissolves any thought of offering to help them. Instead of sharing with them your desire to help them, along with your fear of being possibly used, you simply follow your need to please yourself and ignore others. 
the needs of others. Well, here's the deal. What goes around comes around, folks. You know this. Should you find yourself ignoring the needs of others, don't be a bit surprised if your needs go unnoticed or ignored one day. Over time, I've learned that as I balance my needs with the needs of others, all needs are somehow met. (laughs) Balance. That's one of the key concepts of Pay Me What I'm Worth is balance. The more I create ways to balance what I receive, I find myself able to give more with ease. How might you receive more so that you might effortlessly, worry-free, give more? Yeah, here's a hint. Buy this book. (laughs) To discover answers to those questions, we'll walk you right through them in many of the exercises. Now, as we begin to wrap up this show, I'll leave you to ponder the notion that material possessions you may enjoy today represent but a fraction of your overall worth. Think about that. The stuff that you see in your house, in your apartment, wherever you live, whatever you might drive, whatever you might wear, these material things are what we're looking at in chapter one. What I'm trying to help you understand in this chapter, what your material possessions are, are but a fraction of your overall worth. Imagine living in one of the most beautiful palaces filled with the most amazing treasures. You're surrounded by absolute luxury, but your health is horrible. Your health is absolutely horrible. You can't even get out of bed. Which would you rather have? Better health or more stuff? Lots of people are trading that question right now. They're putting in more overtime. They're sleeping less. They're eating more poorly because they've got to get that extra overtime. Think about that the next time you sacrifice your time for more money. Is it worth your health? Is it worth the relationship that you might be eroding away because you're working too hard? We begin to wrap up with an invitation. As always, I do ask for feedback all the time. You're welcome to click over to our discussion board located at paymewhatimworth.com. You're welcome to share your wisdom with us. It's very easy to do. The board is spam-free. People must register in order to leave comments, and those comments are monitored. Anybody tries spamming, they're immediately booted out. And you don't get email from this board. you got to log in to check out what other people are sharing. When you share your wisdom, we're going to enjoy a much more lively, heartier dialogue. Everybody gets to win by sharing your wisdom. So until our next show, I'm Soul Dancer. Again, thank you for your time. May you enjoy fully this day for all you're worth. And remember to check out future shows of Pay Me What I'm Worth. (laughs) Why? Because you're worth it.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.